Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the final installment of our ESG and PE podcast series. Sophia and I are once again joined by Kim Wall and Abhishek Kumar, and this time we are going to discuss ESG at the investment stage and portfolio company level. Abhishek, let's talk about ESG at the investment level. Can you tell us more about the opportunities Montague sees in ESG and how that plays into the deal origination process? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question. And if I think about it in terms of a deal making origination perspective, I'd probably split it into two different way, um, two different categories. So one is, um, you know, from an origination perspective, there is just a certain uh, gating criteria for us. So there are certain industries that we just, you know, probably non ESG friendly, and we just wouldn't invest in. And we've actually got this formal exclusion list, as I'm sure most private equity companies have. Uh, in order to make sure we invest in companies that align with the values of our LPs. And so there's this kind of hard boundary there around ESG. Um, and then more broadly, um, it goes back to you know, running a business well. And uh, it's about, from our perspective, benchmarking where the company is and then helping them along the journey. So it, the company doesn't have to be absolutely cutting edge on ESG when we invest. We can help them along that road. But what's important to us is you know, we, we very much recognize that we back management teams. You know, we're the investors, not the operators here. And it's them day to day on the ground making the business run and work. And so having that alignment with business ethics and business principles that ultimately aligns to ESG values is, is really important. And so having that and understanding that at the uh, origination stage is, is one of the pieces we look at. And you know, we do ESG diligence as part of um, the early work to the extent you can uh, pre-deal. And then it, of course, form, forms part of what we do post-deal as well. Yeah, I think another thing that's important during origination and due diligence is not to only consider ESG factors that are relevant to the business and its own operations, but to really take a view of the entire value chain. So. When we look at companies that, for example, provide data and insights to their customers, we also look at the end markets that they're serving. So um, recently we've had discussions at the investment uh, committee, uh, which have included assessing those end markets, um, particularly where they are going to be materially affected by the transition to a net zero world. So one thing those industries need for that transition is the right data so that they can do analysis and better decision making. Um, one example of this is maritime intelligence, which we have just signed, uh, where the business actually has a significant opportunity to play a role in that transition to a net zero world for its end market, the maritime sector, essentially, um, who will be looking for using ESG data constructively. Um, and the business also has the opportunity to introduce new products. Um, so the, the real opportunities here are um, to use their existing capabilities, such as the monitoring of ship fleets, as well as a potential for new ones, such as optimizing the ship routing to reduce emissions. And tell us, um, you know, when, when it comes down to investing, who ultimately makes a decision as to whether the company, quote unquote, qualifies on ESG? No, I think that, that, that's an easy one, actually. And it's, it's the investment committee. It's kind of as simple as that. I think in every single IC paper, ESG forms a separate and important section and is given due consideration and, and discussion. And so 
you know, it's, it's held right at the top by the investment committee in terms of responsibility. Fantastic. Shall we talk a little bit about, um, a little bit more about existing portfolio company engagement on um, ESG issues? Uh, how does that process happen? Uh, and what's been the reaction from management teams? Yeah, and if I think about um, a good example of that, actually ISI, which is an emerging markets data business that we invested in 2020, um, has just been going on that journey. And um, actually, I think in an earlier podcast, I gave a quote about, um, you know, ESG is about running a business properly and not just the side projects. And that comes from the ISI CEO, Steve Pulley. So it just kind of puts into perspective the ownership they have over ESG. Um, And so the journey that ISI has gone on is, um, pretty soon into our ownership, we you know, filled in a couple of gaps. So we introduced a formal risk committee. We hired a risk and compliance officer, dedicated chief person officer, just to bring ISI to a solid baseline that you know we as Montague like to think we have you know quite a high bar when it comes to these things. And then what's been really great is that the management team, really led by the CEO, has taken ownership of ESG and. Recently, they've just finished an ESG diagnostic where they brought in a third party consulting firm that really helped to introduce that structure, forum and data needed to help them work through all their thinking around ESG um, and benchmark where they are compared to best practice in the industry um, and also serve to really energize the entire team around it and create an action plan. And they actually have now created a, a little tagline that kind of encapsulates sustainability, transparency, and inclusivity to kind of highlight the real values and really embed it into the the, the broader workforce as well. And um, in terms of some of the actions coming out of this is, you know, all of this was really, okay, what can the business do to go from good to great on ESG? Uh, is uh, they're gonna work towards science-based targets next year. Um, and then in terms of other pillars on the diversity and inclusion side, um, actually, ISI's in um, has a good balance between men and women, and is slightly um, skewed towards women uh, across departments, except for technology. And so, there's now an initiative that's planned uh, to create a women in technology program. Um, and there's also, in terms of diversity and inclusion, establishing a, a DNI management group, and then just a few other initiatives to really help embed it and kind of hopefully take ISI into market-leading best practice um, on some of these measures. Thanks, Abhishek. That's that's really interesting to hear. Obviously, ISI is one example. Um, are all management teams as proactive on ESG as ISI is? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. And yeah, I mean, the reality is it's not always as, as, as smooth as ISI um, has been in some ways. And actually, I think Kim and I were, were talking about this earlier. And there are some portfolio companies that view ESG as, you know, potentially a little bit more of a tick box from an investor and there's one in particular we, we were thinking about and discussing and you know they were quite resistant at first like, oh there's this request come down for investors just fill it out but actually once they engage with the content matter that we really wanted it does then come back to that running a business well perspective and you know do you have the right uh, environment in order for your people to flourish and manage the risk and so now what we're seeing is there they're actually now chasing Kim and kind of emailing Kim uh, in terms of uh, what they can do better and getting help. And so just in a complete 180 in that ownership. And so that's uh, been really good to see and you know, also quite a common journey for some of the companies to go on as well. 
Yeah, and, and it's been really great to see across the board um, a lot of engagement from the portfolio companies and they're mostly reaching out directly to me. May it be um, for just some advice to be a sounding board. Um, some of them are establishing kind of sustainability working groups. It's also something that ISI uh, put in place now as well in order to drive the action plan forward. Um, so sometimes I join those meetings um, as well. Um, and then we also engage through regular kind of trainings or hosting roundtables and so on for the broader community um, as well. So, yeah, I think a lot of people have questions, but I think uh, we can help them find the answers a lot of times as well or, or find them the people that can uh, provide answers as well. That's great to hear. and sounds like a, a real success story for, for Montague's engagement there. Um, as a final question, and just because ESG is obviously such a dynamic issue, um, you can obviously do your diligence pre-investment and, and you might have a you know a hundred day action plan. Um, but how do you keep the momentum on ESG throughout the life of your investment and in the run-up to any exit? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, and I think we we just build on the partnership approach that we're taking with all our portfolio companies. Um, and that's really reflect, reflected in our approach um, to ESG as well. Essentially, there are three building blocks to it. And in the first instance, it is about governance. And Abhishek just provided an excellent example of what we've done with, with ISI. Um, we essentially set out something that we refer to as the foundations for good governance. And um, to create momentum, I think it starts with creating a sense of ownership over this agenda as well. So part of our foundations for good governance is that you know, setting out a sustainability working group, um, nominating someone who has overall responsibility over this agenda, and establishing uh, reporting lines to the board as well, that there's overall oversight um, over progress uh, as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's really important before we then go and work with the nominated individuals or the working group on doing um, a sustainability diagnostic, essentially, um, setting out what is relevant and material to you, to your stakeholders, where you can have material impact and essentially drives business performance as well. And that's really the start of the second building block, this diagnostic, to lead to an action plan that sets out initiatives and tangible targets uh, for the business to work towards. Um, and then thirdly, it's about regular reporting, not just to the board, but um, we also share uh, an annual survey with portfolio companies. Um, and as part of that, there are some kind of standard KPIs and questions that we're asking all our portfolio companies. But more importantly, we're also asking them, how are you progressing against your own action plans? Um, and that allows us to also see, are there things where we can provide more support, provide uh, more help as well? Um, and so that's, that's a really important kind of third building block uh, in our approach. And then I, I think we mentioned it before, we also engage throughout the year, um, either directly through the relationships that we're building uh, with the business um, or through kind of trainings or roundtables that we are setting up throughout the year where we invite all the people that work on the ESG agenda at portfolio companies to come and join us and, and learn and, and share experiences as well. And I think all of that really helps to keep ESG front of mind by engaging with portfolio companies with all of those and also just keeping at you know what is an evolving sector and kind of what's kind of the latest best practice. I think in terms of the business itself 
it's, it is really important that there isn't a, oh, these are the metrics to run the business, and then, oh, here's a separate ESG list of metrics. Like, you have to embed the ESG values across the base, whether that's, you know, within the HR dashboard or thinking about the governance and risk side. And so it just becomes part of the everyday language. And then you don't necessarily need that boost periodically to say, oh, now let's think about ESG. It's just there every day in the business, you know, from the start all the way through to exit. And so I think from my perspective, that's probably the best way to keep momentum and just keep it part of business as usual for, for the companies. Thanks, Abhishek uh, and Kim. I, I really love what you said there, Abhishek, about business as usual. Um, we do a lot of work with companies on their governance frameworks and that idea that ESG doesn't have to be something special or something additional that you're doing to everything else, but is just part of what you're doing. Um, and going back to your message about ESG being just how you run a business well, um, I think that's a really great takeaway and a, a fantastic message to, to end our little series on. Um, thank you, Kim, Abhishek, for your time uh, over these podcasts. Um, it's been really great hearing more about what Montague is doing. I know Sophia and I have really enjoyed uh, talking with you. Um, and for everyone else uh, listening, um, if you do have any questions on, on ESG, then feel free to get in touch. Thanks thank a lot. I really much. enjoyed it as well. Thanks for having thank us. You.